Welcome to People Helping People, the podcast to inspire greater social change in the world and give you ideas on how to take action. I'm your host, Adam Morris, and today I'm super excited to announce Aspire 2020, the Social Entrepreneurship Awards for Central Ohio. They are coming this Wednesday, September 30th at 6.30 p.m. The Aspire Awards are put on by the Metropreneur and Social Ventures. And today I'm really excited to sit down and talk with Susan Post. Susan not only organizes Aspire, but she also writes extensively about social entrepreneurs. And she has a very unique perspective um, on how to create social impact and what's working. So I'm very excited to share her story and what's going on with Aspire. Susan, welcome on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk more about social enterprise and Aspire and glad to be here. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what Aspire is? Absolutely. So Aspire is the Metrepreneur's annual program that celebrates social enterprises in central Ohio. So it all actually started in 2013. We had our Social Enterprise of the Year Awards, recognizing those socially conscious businesses just um, as that trend started emerging here. And then in 2015, we added some more programming around it to bring in other speakers in the space and folks that run social enterprises. And it's really grown from there. So obviously things are a little different this year. We had to <laughs> take things virtual for, for 2020. I actually think it's going to be really exciting. So we're going to have a keynote address with a woman who's based in Michigan, who is very active in the social enterprise space, and then also have our annual social enterprise of the year awards, which we've made a few tweaks to this year to respond to the current situation. (laughs) Now in a typical year, what do those awards look like? For the past several years, we've had three awards, the social enterprise of the year award, which recognizes social enterprises that have been operational over a year that have a demonstrable impact and have really helped to make a name for social enterprise in central Ohio. We've had the Emerging Social Enterprise of the Year, which is the same basic criteria, but they've been operational for less than a year to 18 months. And then we also have our Nonprofit Sustainability Award, which recognizes things, businesses that support the missions of a nonprofit so that they're tied together. And I should mention that for the last several years, Social Ventures has sponsored the awards and done that in partnership with us. And they have been wonderful to work with just because they know the community so well here locally and have really helped us develop the awards into something that's that's really meaningful and put a lot of good thought and parameters around what we're doing and, and how we're doing it. So should definitely have to, to mention them and how instrumental they've been in this process. I love it. And now can you highlight some of the past winners of the Aspire Awards to give us a kind of a picture of what these social enterprises look like? Absolutely. So last year, our Social Enterprise of the Year Award winner was Freedom a la Carte which they've really had some ups and downs. They've been around for a long time now, but just continue to fight to really make that impact. And they're doing a lot of exciting things, like opening that cafe to help provide more employment opportunities. They work with women that are coming out of human trafficking and other difficult situations to to give them employment opportunities and, and teach them skill sets. Great winner last year. And Paula Haynes, their executive director, was actually one of the judges for the award this year. So so it's a cool way to be able to, to bring some of those past award winners back. Our emerging winner last year was Honest Jobs. So Harley Blakeman's doing great things, really trying to help the formerly incarcerated find employment opportunities. 
and they're just doing great. They're growing so much. It's been really cool to see how that's expanded. I actually just talked to him a couple months ago because they launched version 2.0 of their platform. So they really continued to grow and, and make an impact in the last year, which was really exciting. Unfortunately, our nonprofit winner is no longer around, but doesn't mean that they didn't do some great things in the time that they were operational. Of course, Hot Chicken Takeover has won. Just on Joe DeLoss of Hot Chicken Takeover, I'm I love that he's got a model that he can grow and expand, but really putting some attention around this idea of using employment as a vehicle for social change, where some people, if you can hire them and give them the right support, that they can really thrive and that can change their lives. A lot of these social enterprises that focus on employment are so important because having that stable job is such a huge step and so important in turning your life around and finding new opportunities and just always love to see that and hear those success stories. So looking forward to this year, mm-hmm. uh, you said there's uh, some changes this year because it's in a virtual format. Like what are some of the yeah. things coming? We actually moved down to just two awards this year because we recognize everyone's having any business is having a really hard time right now. And especially social enterprises, because you have to balance running a business with continuing to fulfill that social mission and make the impact on the community. So we kept our social enterprise of the year award to recognize those businesses that are really out there and creating a good name for social enterprise and what it can be. And then we also created a new award called the Social Enterprise Coronavirus Pivot Award. Hopefully it's just a one-year award. We were talking about this. <laughs> hopefully this is one and done and we never have to hand this award out again. Really recognizing um, social enterprises that were faced with huge challenges in um, their operational models because of the situation and found really great ways to pivot and um, find new ways to serve the community and carry out their mission. So for example, like Zero Waste Event Productions, it's right there in the name, events. There's no events this year and they were faced with we shut down until 2021 or we find something new to do. So they're using some of the plastic that they've been recycling to start doing small plastics manufacturing. And so they're making like mm. the like headband part for face shields and the foot door handles and some things like that and donating it to different organizations in the community, especially frontline workers. And so that's not only serving the community now, but that's something that they can continue even after the pandemic is over. Um, and we also have LA Catering, for example, another kind of more event-based business where don't really have events. So they kind of trans- transition their team over to the Meals on Wheels program that they support through Life Care Alliance. And so we're able to not, didn't have to lay off their staff, but then also we're serving a really immediate community need that had arisen because of the pandemic. And then finally, we had Roosevelt um, in that category as well. And they did their Buy One, Give One program for healthcare workers. So help to uh, keep healthcare workers caffeinated <laughs> during all of this. <laughs> and they, I think they donated over 1,800 bags to healthcare workers. Wow. Bags of coffee. That is yes. super cool. That's really great. Yeah. I've been uh, missing going into Roosevelt, so yeah. I've been surviving on, on their coffee beans this summer. So I, I enjoyed being part of that promotion. <laughs> Roosevelt's one of those coffee shops that is close to my heart just because they've created such a nice atmosphere for social entrepreneurs, both in the mission that they do and in the space that they create. And we've talked about that with Kenny and just how it's hard to, we talk about social impact a lot, but it's hard to put an exact framed impact on the connections and just all the great ideas that come out of that space where people run into each other and can meet and be together. So I think that's a really cool thing that has come out of that social enterprise. I love all the social enterprise coffee houses in Columbus, the 
the Bottoms Up and the Third Way Cafe. And even the others. So like Stoffs does so much mm-hmm. work in the community and they've helped us so much with Wild Tiger Teas and the Star mm-hmm. House. Mm-hmm. So it's just really, I love how involved these coffee houses are in creating yeah. space for us to create change and, and getting involved in that change. So shifting topics a little bit, you've gone out and you've talked to a lot of social entrepreneurs in the city. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with the Metropreneur and social change? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things we do is really try to provide these businesses with a platform to tell their story. And I think awareness around social enterprise and what it means and and what you're actually helping to do when you support these businesses is so important. So I think helping them tell their stories so that people know if you go get a meal at Hot Chicken Takeover, you're not just getting awesome food, you're creating an employment opportunity for someone that really needs it. And that's actually something that's really going to come up in the keynote during Aspire this year is the importance of just continuing to build awareness and what can happen when you've got people supporting social enterprises at scale. So to me, it's really, really about awareness and and helping them share their stories. Cool. Now, do you have some favorite causes that you're passionate about? Yeah, as as corny as this might sound, obviously, like small businesses, I, I just... I've been with the Metropreneur for seven and a half years now. So I've gotten to talk to so many different business owners and so many different industries. And it's just always really exciting to hear their stories and hear their passion and learn more about what they're doing. And so especially times like now during the pandemic, when so many small businesses are struggling, just like getting that extra cup of coffee or that extra takeout or that extra tip just as a way to support those small businesses in a time when they're really struggling. So I know it's broad, but just love to see that community succeed. And then something I was mentioning earlier, um, especially the social enterprises that are providing employment opportunities. Mm. I just, just think that's so crucial to creating stability in someone's life. No matter what difficult situation they're coming out of, that's a really big part into taking that next step and moving forward. I love that. Thanks. Now, have you seen any interesting things happening this year with those that have been able to be successful through such a strange year? Yeah, looking at some of our nominees, like Bessa, for example, they've really been able to answer immediate needs in the community because of their work with nonprofits. So on the application, they were outlining how right as everything started, they were having a lot of nonprofits contact them with really immediate things. Um that were happening or volunteer needs that needed to be met. And they've really helped mobilize their base and, and their volunteers to fill those needs. They've done, I think, different drives to collect collect items and I know are, are still out there volunteering in the community. So I think it's these people really want to make an impact. I've been saying before, during and after the pandemic. So I think they've just been finding a way to make it work no, no matter what. And then, you know, it's just how all small business owners are, just that hustle. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Gotta make it happen. Yeah. No, that's for sure. That I've I've seen so many stories this year of just people trying to figure out, hey, what can I do differently in order to make things work? And then for some that's I think easier than others, but I thought a lot about I just can't imagine the position so many business owners are finding themselves in right now and the tough decisions are have to make, but definitely agree with what you said. Those that have found a way to pivot or whether that's bringing a new product or service or just totally rethink their model, the folks that have been able to do that, I think will hopefully be around for the long run. So looking at these uh, Spire Awards for this year, 
What's the overall hope with the awards? What are you hoping to achieve through Aspire? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, that awareness piece that like, no matter how tough things are, like these businesses and these finalists, they are not giving up. They're they're still finding ways to offer their business and make an impact. And I think highlighting just the great work that they're doing in the community. The one thing I'm really excited about actually with taking this virtual is we did one-on-one interviews with all of the finalists. So I think it's going to be really cool for people to get to hear directly from these folks about their mission and how they've pivoted and what their impact is. So I think that'll be um, really interesting and, and really neat for this year. So one good thing to, to perhaps come out of uh, going virtual is to getting to hear directly from these folks. That's awesome. Now, for people in the general audience, what can they do to help take social enterprise forward? Like, how can they get involved and what are different ways that they can connect and be a part of this? Yeah, that's a great question. And like I mentioned earlier, Social Ventures is a great partner of ours. And they're my go-to resource or who I would definitely direct someone to. They've got their marketplace, which has a really good running list of all of the local social enterprises. And it's even organized by category. So I would just say before getting ready to make a purchase, maybe stop and think, okay, could I could I use a social enterprise for this? Is there a social enterprise that exists in this space? So it's never going to hurt to check. So whether that's catering or maybe landscaping or there's social enterprises that are doing all sorts of things. So just making that part of your checklist when you're looking for a business for something like, is there a way that this could have double the impact? Like I can help someone while also getting something that I need. And that's another thing that'll come up in the keynote as well. Rebecca Dre, who's the executive director of Society Profits that I'll be speaking with, she's working on implementing this great online marketplace that will have lists and and connections to social enterprises throughout the country. I think it's going to be great to help highlight how you can support social enterprises, not only here, but around the country. Oh, that's exciting. I love it. And so definitely, if you're a business, I I think sometimes people don't realize that there are a lot of social enterprises that are serving businesses in the community. I think this is a nice capstone for the community in Columbus. One thing I found is that people in Columbus are are just so supportive of each other. And Social Ventures has done a great job of that through their events. But these kind of ecosystems around Give Back Hack that get people involved see change that help Mm -hmm. social enterprises in that kind of beginning phase. They're an accelerator that people can use to get off the ground. And then just being able to know who's who and reaching out and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm working on this. Could I get, could I buy you a cup of coffee? And it's very much that Columbus way. I think that you're, <laughs> you're talking about where, and I've heard business owners, not just social enterprises say this, that if you want to reach out to the CEO of a company and talk to them, like there's a good chance we, you'll be able to get a hold of them and make that connection. And I, I think that's really cool. And something that I personally love about Columbus is just folks willing to step up and make connections and help each other out. Cool. Now, what's your story? Have you always been in Columbus? No. So I did grow up in Ohio. I grew up northwest of Dayton, out in the middle of nowhere. And I am of the went to OSU and never left variety. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I started school in 2005 and have pretty much been here ever since. So really seen Columbus change a lot in the last 15 years, which is, yeah. which is wild. That is <laughs> pretty crazy. And you've been doing stuff with the Metropreneur for um, quite a long time, correct? Yeah. So I started in 2013. So I've been there about seven and a half years now and 
I don't know where the time's gone. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean that in the best way possible Mm -hmm. because it's it's a blast. It's really fun. Love being a part of the the community and like I mentioned earlier, getting to to talk to small businesses and hear their stories and also do a lot of work on our sister site Columbus Underground as well. And that's been really fun and really fulfilling. Have you always been a a journalist? So I when I went to OSU, I went in undecided, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Ended up majoring in communication, and then I had minors in professional writing and Spanish. So I did communication because it was something broad and would have a lot of different avenues I could take it. Because growing up, my dad was an engineer, my brothers were engineers, so I came from a very nerdy household. So I was always, okay, I have to do something practical. And like writing wasn't necessarily that thing. But then after I graduated in 2009, which was not necessarily the time to graduate, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And got just a job as an office manager. And then through some really great and encouraging conversations with friends and people in my network actually took a more serious look at writing because that was something I'd always really enjoyed doing, but hadn't really thought seriously about as a career path. So just started to dip my toes in and do a few pro bono projects and pick up little freelance projects here and there. And then the opportunity with the entrepreneur came up. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply. <laughs> and sure enough, here we are. So it's crazy how it all worked out, but I'm definitely super thankful that this is where things took me and to to be where I am and doing what I am now. So I love it. That's great. Now, where do people find out about one about Aspire? So if people want to, if they don't have their tickets already, how do they join in? So you can just go to themetropreneur.com. And you look for Aspire. There'll be a pop-up that should come up. And there's also some articles. You can also check it on, out on our Facebook page. And there is also an event listing on Eventbrite. Cool thing, we're doing a donation only this year, so you can donate what you want. But if you donate over $15, you'll be entered to win a social impact box from Social Ventures, which is pretty cool. And that's something they did in response to the pandemic they put together a kind of build your own box thing with products from local social enterprises. So you have, I think, Growler's Dog Bones, Roosevelt Coffee, 11th Candle Co., and a few other things in there. So could potentially win one of those, which is pretty cool. So yeah. That is very exciting. And we'll be um, debuting the virtual event on Wednesday, September 30th at 6.30 p.m. Hey. (laughs) So that is coming up. So definitely block that off and jump in because I think that'll be very interesting just to hear what some of the social enterprises have succeeded at this year, which is really good. Mm -hmm. Now, if people are are curious about some of the things you've written about social entrepreneurship, where can they find that? Yeah. um, Also, if you go to themetropreneur.com, we have a whole section that is social entrepreneurship. So if you're on the homepage and scroll down just a little bit, it's right there. So you can see all the different profiles and different organizations that we have written about in the social enterprise space. That's cool. Now we've talked a bit about employment, but I'm curious from your perspective of what some of the big issues are in Columbus that really can use a lot more attention on. Yeah, that's a great question. I just seeing the inequity in a lot of neighborhoods, especially during the pandemic. And it just made me think a lot about how lucky I am in in my situation to have a job and a roof over my head and be able to pay my bills. And there's so many people that can't, couldn't do that before. And then the situation is just exacerbated by the pandemic. And what 
support resources are there for those folks? Like, how do they navigate that? How do they find help? How easy is it to actually find help and, and find those resources that you need? And so it's certainly got gotten me thinking a lot about that because I want to say Columbus is one of the most economically segregated cities in, in the country. Like second after, I think, Austin? Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and for example, I, I live over in North Linden. So it's definitely, when I tell people that, sometimes they're surprised. And I have really great neighbors and, and I love the community around me. I, I see stuff in our neighborhood even that I'm just like, it's tough. It's tough to see and I, I feel bad. And I think so many people are attracted to Columbus because it is an affordable city, but how do we make sure that it stays affordable for folks? Mm. What are some of the things that you're seeing in your community? So we have some people sleeping in the park or sleeping in their vehicles. I'm on our next door and there'll be the occasional robbery and things like that. And it's tough. It's mm. tough. And I know that there are some neighbors that are stepping up to help. Like down my street, there's a blessing box where a woman puts out food for people that need it and they can stop in and, and get it. So you do see those great little glimmers of hope of people that are stepping up and helping out the community. Something that's been on my mind a lot this year, especially where uh, the eviction courts were closed for a while, mm -hmm. as that opens up and people have had trouble getting jobs, what does that mean for being able to find affordable housing when yeah. that's already... It's already hard you know. to begin with. And if you don't have a job or steady employment right now, it's and especially going into winter, I, I it's scary. I just feel a lot for a lot of those folks that are just in difficult situations and without getting too political, the lack of resources and help in, in some areas that have really been available, certainly frustrating. Yeah. And I think this is, it's, it's really frustrating, but it, if there's things that we can do in social entrepreneurship to bridge this gap mm -hmm. and connect people in the community across these kind of social socioeconomic boundaries, I think that's a real opportunity for a lot of change. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I think what some of our finalists have done, like I mentioned, Bessa, they really stepped up to try to help fill those immediate needs for nonprofits that, that do serve these communities that really um, need assistance right now. And like we've been talking about with the employment opportunities, like making sure those opportunities are still there as we come out of this and people are really going to need need those positions and need those jobs. I and mean, like, for example, Fortuity Calling is another one of our finalists, and they're opening a opened a large call center in Franklinton, and have have a small team now. But I know that they're definitely very ambitious in their hiring goals to create more really career opportunities for folks. So hope that they really continue to be able to do that and can ramp that up because I know people are really going to need those positions. Yeah, they're excellently placed in Franklinton to mm -hmm. make it easy for people to access. Definitely, we'll talk about that in the Aspire video about why. Oh, I can't the, wait. <laughs> the location plays in that, and you nailed it. On that bus line, easy for people to get to in Franklin, in a community that needs these good positions. This is one thing that I did not realize when I started digging into social issues, how much transportation and access to jobs and even to like grocery stores makes yeah. a, such a huge difference. So people on lower incomes, quite often they're doing a lot of their business in, in the grocery store, right? The grocery store has a bank, they'll go in there and that's where they're mm -hmm. cashing their checks and paying their bills and, and a lot of these different things. Yeah, but if like, they don't have access to those grocery stores or the bus line that yeah. to get them there, then 
what do you do? I know that I've had my car break down before and been in the shop for a few days. And luckily I could use my husband's car, but like it's you, I know I certainly have been put in positions where I've, I've realized how much I've taken some of the stuff for granted that I can hop in my car and go to the grocery store and don't have to rely on public transportation to get me everywhere. And, and that has to be very difficult. I know CODA has made a lot of improvements over the last few years, but something you were saying about job opportunities, so many of them are scattered outside the outer, outer belt where it's you can't get by public transportation or, or by bus without it being a three-hour excursion. I know that there have been some social enterprises that have been really working on that, those kinds of problems. And I, I think yeah. that's going to be continue to be really important. I think so too. That access to jobs and jobs in the right places. Sometimes people don't realize like how much that is beneficial in the big picture. So if people who are in poverty have access to jobs, then it increases the flow of money in a community quite a lot. So the money is going back into a local community and almost being recycled and amplified when more people can participate. Absolutely. So that helps lift everybody up. Mm-hmm. But it's it's they're challenging issues and not a, yeah. a one size fits all and not a it's I not snap a, my fingers and yeah. it's not as simple as saying to someone we'll just go get a job like <laughs> no. there's so many things to consider and so many layers to that especially for folks that might already be in low income situations like it's a lot of yeah. unfortunate barriers to just even finding a job. Oh, I love that, but. I think that's why it's very important to have uh, events like Aspire that people can come together and see what's going on and see what's working and, and find ways to get involved. Yeah. One of the really important pieces I think about Aspire is the networking that happens and the social interactions that happen. And obviously that's going to be a little bit different this year. In the past, people have found that really valuable. So excited to bring back that back in the future and let those connections happen. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's just been a real pleasure kind of diving into Aspire and your story and what you've been doing and what you've seen. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is my uh, first podcast. So (laughs) I'm I'm used to the one being the one doing the interview, not the one being interviewed. So good change of pace. (laughs) You have so much insight just from everything that you've seen. So I'm I'm glad that you had a chance to share. Absolutely. And thank you so much for your interest in Aspire. I know You were one of our finalists last year, so are familiar and really appreciate that continued interest in it. And for those of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a chance to check out Aspire 2020, the Social Enterprise Awards for Central Ohio. To find out more, you can find out details on themetropreneur.com or on the show notes at peoplehelpingpeople.world. As always, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, cheers.